0: from uh, that's called the praise cure. And uh, you know, lots of folks that are uh, battling illness right now, and of course, uh, uh, people dealing with COVID, we know all kinds of people, even in our own ministry, they've been dealing with it. And you, the other side of it is you don't even know if you, you could just have a regular cold and think maybe that's what that is. Uh, you could have the flu and think that's what that is. And so, um, I think we have to live panic-free. Amen. We just shouldn't live in fear and uh, we should be in faith and so uh, this is one of the things that we've applied to our life, Sharon and I have, and, uh, and uh, so she is, was not feeling well so according to our protocol I said stay home. So she stayed home and uh, tonight but uh, we um, I just uh, I think this is a really valuable thing for us to learn. We talk about faith a lot uh, in our ministry, and we talk about, you know, that Hebrews eleven one, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. It's the title deed to what we're believing God for. It gives substance to what we're standing in faith for, what we're believing God for, what we're hoping to, to see happen. We talk a lot about standing in front of the mountain and say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. But this has probably been one of the key things that has helped Uh, Sharon and I in some of the battles that we have faced where it didn't look like things were moving and uh, I don't know if you've ever had that kind of a situation where it just looked like even though you're even though you're believing the Bible you're keeping your verses in front of you you're you're standing you know in faith the best that you can making a good confession it just doesn't seem like things are breaking one way or the other and it doesn't necessarily have to be in your health it can be also in uh, dealing with finances can be that way, with family too. And uh, so I, I think this will be really uh, beneficial for you. If you have your Bible with you, if you'd open it to Psalm 100, I think we've got slides of all this tonight for the praise, cure, good. And uh, so I messed our guys, our texts up tonight because I sent too many copies of this to them. So, um, But Psalm 100 says, It's a real short psalm, but it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture. Then he goes on and says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. And we used to sing this song, you know, back in early charismatic days of, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, I will enter his courts with praise. And uh, that was one of our go-to's every week when, when we were a lot younger in our uh, spirit-filled life. And, um, but there's a lot of power that's in that because the idea... And I like the way the Message Bible reads this out. Is the Message Bible says that giving thanks is the key to get to unlock heaven to you. It's the key to opening up the things of heaven. And I think that's really a powerful thought. That we go in to enter His gates with thanksgiving. We're in His courts. We're in His presence. The court would be, the court is definitely different than the gate. Thanksgiving's what gets you in, but it's praise in the courts before the Father. Uh, that that we that we come before him with our praise um, and that we're thankful to him and that we're blessing his his holy name so the praise cure is about you and I being able to praise God believing God while we're believing God praising God in the midst and that praise will put us over the top as far as the victory in dealing with whatever that we're believing God for praise is the highest form of confession there is. That's why we're so careful. You know, music carries with, m- music is powerful, okay? I mean, music is absolutely powerful. One, because music doesn't just deal with your mental faculty. You know, man is made up of three parts. He's mind, his, his soul is made up of three parts, mind, will, and emotion, all right? So music isn't just about the mind. Even though it does apply to the mind, music also deals in the emotional realm. It does things to our emotions when we hear music. There are certain songs that, you know, if you're like me, you were a 70s rocker, you you could hear certain songs and where what is it doing? It's bringing all that memory back to you. It brings back those feelings, those places you were, the people that you were hanging out with. Phil Driscoll and I, anybody know who that is, Phil Driscoll? Phil and I, uh, Phil was here several years ago, uh, played here at the church, and, uh, and uh, Phil is now living in Dayton, Ohio, but he, uh, he and I were having lunch, and we were talking about music, and he said music always carries within it culture. Um, always when you look at what, we tend to think that music is a reflection of culture, but actually music shapes culture. Culture is a very, very difficult thing to change, but music can do that, okay? Music changes atmosphere as it changes culture. So when we talk about how the, the effect of praise, what praise is, praise isn't just saying hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you Jesus, even though that is a part of it. Praise also is the element of where we are singing to the Lord, where we are magnifying the Lord, where we are... We are changing the culture, the atmosphere that is around us. And it's really a powerful, powerful force that you and I, that we can actually change things by the music or the, 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 uh, the, the, the songs that we are listening to and the songs that we are singing. I am ultra, ultra, ultra careful of music that I allow into my life. And the reason I'm ultra careful about it is, is that because music creates culture. And I want to live in a, I've got too many things I'm believing God for to allow a different culture to begin to weave its way into my life. And uh, so there are sometimes, I mean, I'll listen to, I like 70s music. I still do. I guess they call that ancient music now or class, I don't know what it's. It's fast. It's fast. It's <laughs> Before you I know. I still love it. <laughs> Thank you. But they call it, is it classic? Is that what they call it, classic rock now? So anyways, they used to call it oldies, but now oldies is 80s music, I guess, or 90s music. So I don't know, you know, huh? That's just wrong, I agree. So anyways, I was, listening, I was driving somewhere and I put on, and then they go, welcome to, our, welcome to oldies something or other. And I'm like, oh, great, they're going to be playing music from back when I was in high school. And it wasn't, it was all like, it was just stuff that we would never have listened to in high school. So anyways, like, you know, techno music and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So music creates that kind of culture for us. Because music doesn't isn't just the music. It, it, it's the idea of how it works into the emotions. In fact, they just did a recent study on this, and it was really powerful because they found out that um, for elderly folks that when they played certain songs for them, it actually, you could watch how that they're, uh, blood pressure would go down, how that song, Christian songs that they would pr- that they actually, their anxiety would begin to alleviate as they began to hear music that, because that's what it does. It reaches into that soul realm of our life. It actually, it moves, music moves in, and it begins to work in that, in those emotional aspects of our lives. Words do not typically just do that. They can do that, but, uh, the power of music is is super I mean Chuck and I we talk a lot about music. We we pray a lot about what we're doing (coughs) excuse me (coughs) as a ministry, what we're allowing because we don't want you to sing stuff that's taking you further away from where God wants you to be. And there's been a lot of junk that's come through the church through the years and I'm not going to get into all that tonight. But you know, there are just some things. They're not really worship songs. They're not even praise songs. They're, they're more soul, dealing with emotions that people are going through. You got to be careful with that kind of music because what ends up happening is, because it has culture with it, it can throw you into emotional mood that you don't need to be in. Depression can be a part of that, where you know it's just so desperate, so down, so discouraging. So. We want you to be full of faith, amen? We want you to be full of faith. We want you to be mountain movers. We want you to be, we want you to experience everything that God wants you to have. Margaret Hicks, who was a good friend to our ministry for years, her, her and her husband, Roy Hicks, preached here all the time, uh, every year for us, uh, since I was the pastor. They're both in heaven now. Margaret actually, her last time that she was here, which was a total shocker because she was in like, Total great health. Actually, Roy was not doing that well, but anyways, Margaret was. It looks seemed to be in total great health. Um, and uh, but she, when she was here, she had gone home from after being here with us with Roy, and she actually had a procedure, and she died on the table. I mean, and was gone when it went into heaven. And uh, Roy passed away several years later, but she had said something that was here that really stuck with me. And I I want you to think about this tonight. She said, you are the master of your words. You are the master of your words until you speak them. Then you are a slave to them. I want you to think about that. You're a master of your words until you speak them. You're in control of those words. You know, you think of a lot of things to say, right? Everybody does. You know, there are scenarios you run into, you think about, I could say this, I could say this, I could, you know, if I say this, this is probably what's going to happen. Um, You know, things might not go so well if I say it like that, Uh, if I said what I really wanted to say, you know, wouldn't it be something if we all went around saying what we really wanted to say? I mean, two people, I mean, it could get ugly real fast. because. When you say to them what you really wanted to say, then they can say to you what they really wanted to say. And then now it gets a little bit, can get a little bit nasty. So you're the master of your words. You're in control of what's going on in your head, the narrative that's going on inside your head, until you speak it. But the minute that you and I speak it, according to Scripture, then we become the slave to that, what we have said. I like one thing uh, Dr. Barkley. Uh, one of the things Dr. Barkley has said before, and that is, is that you are the product today of what you said yesterday. You're the product today of what you said yesterday. And uh, the, the words that we speak and the words that we sing and the praise that we offer up carries within it culture for our lives. It carries within it faith but it also carries within it attitude, it carries within us uh, that that ability of hope, uh, perspective that we have in our lives. So we need to realize that, that we we need to make sure that in the praise cure, that what we are doing is we are praising God for what he has said that he would do. You can't praise God for something he hasn't said he would do, okay? If he said he would do it, faith begins where the will of God is known. So when we know what God has said, now we can begin to praise God for what, uh, for what he said. And so in the praise cure, when we talk about how that we can have that kind of praise cure within our lives, there's a couple of passages I wanted to show you out of uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 15 through 21. And it says this, and I think it's up here for you guys. Um, See then that you walk circumspectly. ...not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another... ...in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord... ...and giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another in the fear of the lord so he tells us here that we stay spiritually strong by speaking psalms and hymns and spiritual songs making melody in our heart to the lord that's how strength comes to the believer and so we are built up in our faith as we begin to declare and begin to say over ourselves psalms hymns and spiritual songs now let's take a peek at what that means. Psalms are scriptural lyrics in songs. So that song we just talked about, uh, the one in Psalm 100 that it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, that is a psalm that's a scriptural lyric in a song. Hymns are humanly inspired lyrics in a song, okay? So you have hymns that would be like Amazing Grace that we would sing, or How Great Thou Art, and those all, which is really powerful, they were inspired in people's lives. Uh, they came, for many of these folks, came out of deep trial that they were facing in their lives where God helped them. You know, the, one, of our, one of our ones we talk about and you're probably all familiar with is the song, It Is Well. And It Is Well it comes from uh, the, uh, a fellow that lost, actually had lost his two daughters and uh, uh, they had gone overboard during a storm and had drowned and they lost him and so when he talks about in the song when he says when sorrow like sea billows roll that's what he's seen out on the ocean that's what he's dealing with but then he begins to come back to but it is well even so God it is well with my soul so it comes out of a deep moment in his life where he begins to make a declaration and of faith in the midst of his difficulty so hymns are powerful uh, to help us. Uh, most people, uh, most, especially in my age group and up, whenever they're, when, we, when they talk with me about funerals and what they want to have, music they want to have sung at their funerals, they usually always want hymns because those hymns are stories that they remember in their lives that have been comforting to them as they've gone through trial to, to help them. And so, we have modern hymns. I'm not going to get into all what's a hymn, you know, what songs are hymns today, but uh, you, could, you can do it like this. I, I, I think this is a really great, uh, a great way to do it, okay? So psalms typically are where man is talking to God, okay? Hymns are where men are talking to men. It's horizontal. Even though it can be about God, it's horizontal, all right? And then spiritual songs is where God is talking to us, Okay? So when you and I, when we start thinking about what are psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, a psalm is going to be something that is where a man, someone in the scripture that we're taking, uh, their idea that, of what they were going through and how that they conveyed that idea as they talked with God. Much of the psalms are um, much of the psalms are, are written right out of the heart of what people were going through at the time. Hymns On the other hand, are more horizontal because they are declarations of what God has done in our lives, how he's worked in our lives, and it encourages one another. We need hymns in the church. I'm not just talking about the older hymns. I'm talking about even some of the, you know, uh, the more modern hymns uh, that, that are out there today. So we need those. And then spiritual songs that we need to have in our lives as well, where God is speaking to us where he is talking to us you know a couple of really powerful spiritual songs well more than just a couple but some really great songs were written in 2020 for the church I mean to really help you know the blessing game that song came to the church in 2020 that did not that was a I think while all this was going on in the world all the craziness that was going on that we were dealing with and not real sure where things were going God was speaking to us. He was telling us that he had blessed us and that it was going to, that, you know, that look, we're not just one generation. This is not the end. That that blessing will go into our children and our children's children and it will go from generation. This is not over. Amen? And we needed to know that. We needed, I don't know that everybody looked at it as that, but that was, to me, that was a spiritual song that was spoken, um, that was spoken to the, the church. So, uh, those spiritual songs can be impromptu rhythmic lyrics given by the Holy Spirit. They can also uh, be songs that are sung in tongues, those spiritual songs. that can be songs that are sung in tongues and then sing with the interpretation. Um, I've had the occur- occasion on several times to uh, have that happen. Uh, I, don't, you know, I don't control that. That's the Holy Spirit, but where you might sing a song in tongues and then God will have you to sing the interpretation Um, You know, so those things can happen. But there are other songs that are divinely inspired for you and I to help us in what we are dealing with in our lives. So the praise cure is about you and I praising God in the midst of whatever's going on while we are standing in faith, believing him. Colossians 3.16 says this. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. And then he talks about psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, if, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to this Psalm 67 in verse 5 and 6, because this is really powerful. In Psalm 67, verse 5 and 6, it makes this really outstanding statement. It says, let the peoples praise you, O God, Let all the peoples praise you. Then, and it's interesting that that word in that context there, it says, then the earth shall yield her increase and God, our own God, shall bless us. That it's after praise has been lifted up, has been offered up, has been brought into perspective. Then the earth shall yield her increase and God, our God, shall bless us. So what happens when we praise him, when we offer up praise, you know, what does the scripture tell? Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, God says. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. Now we'll look at a couple other passages here in just a moment. But some of this idea comes out of a book that uh, was written by a doctor named Lillian Yeoman. Um, Have any of you ever heard of Dr. Lillian Yeoman? These books are out of print now. But she was a medical doctor in, in New York City. Um, she uh, was an MD, she was actually a surgeon as well. And um, she, uh, she got really, really sick. And it was, you know, the uncurable sickness. They just said, there anything we could do for you. Well, someone had heard about it and had gone to the hospital and talked to her in the, and told her about that God could heal her if she was willing. And she said, absolutely. So she got prayed for, this doctor, this guy prayed for her, this preacher prayed for her, and she got miraculously healed. And it actually changed her whole perspective because she had never really thought, you know, about God. And me- she just thought God gave us medicine. God doesn't do things separate from medicine. And uh, so um, she, she actually, at that point, she committed herself, and for the next 40 years, that's what she did was she went around country, the world actually preaching about God's miraculous power. Now, at the time that she was doing all of this, smallpox was huge. I mean, it was really, really bad. And I don't know how much you guys know about smallpox, but smallpox, in its heyday, had a 30% mortality rate, okay? So if you got smallpox, and if you got this one strand of smallpox, you were dead. I mean, there was nothing they could do for you. Um, you know when you watch like Little House on the Prairie or you watch any of those older shows, and they get talk about smallpox. That's big doings, man. That they, they I mean, it was bad because when it would go through, it was extremely contagious. One almost one third of the people died from it that got it, and if they got this advanced strain that was out there, um, that it, it, the mortality rate was a hundred percent. Now I know COVID has been you know, a lot of things that people have really been freaked out about with that all. And look, we don't want anybody to die. But, you know, the mortality rate is not even near 30%. I mean, it's not even close. It's way, way, way down from that, okay, with, with, with that Hawaii idea, recovery rate, right? But, but it can feel like it's like, because of the way it's talked about, that it can feel like it's like 30%. Well, this woman, she was a missionary, uh, and Doctor Yeoman knew about her. She was a missionary, and she was overseas and um, preaching the gospel. Well, she got she got smallpox, and there wasn't look. The doctors came in and said, "There's anything we could do for you? Um, you're, this is not you've got. You're going to die from this. It's really bad because they just didn't have all the things that they needed to be able to help her. And um, they would get a fever with that, and you know, they'd get all the little poxes and I think did we get vaccinations for that when we were in school i can't even remember I know I got vaccinated like it was, before I was in school. it was was that the one that left the scar on your arm okay so if you if you if you I never got the scar but I did get the shot twice I think but it never did anything so um some must us had some kind of a natural immunity to it but when people got that, they would be all scarred up, you know, so it it marred people for life. I mean, it was a really bad it was a bad bad deal. So she's now got this, and the doctors said there's anything we can do for you. And so she said, she she told her husband, she said, "Look, the doctors can't do anything for me. There's any place I can go? There's anything I can do?" And I'm believing God, but here's how I'm going to believe God. I'm going to praise God until my miracle comes. And so she laid there on that bed, and she began to praise God, began to sing to the Lord, began, and it wasn't like, uh, like, you know, in 10 minutes everything changed, okay? Uh, I know sometimes we hear these stories, we're like, well, wow, that changed really quick, I'll do that. Well, she praised God for several days. Every day that she was praising him, she got stronger and stronger and stronger, and then eventually what ended up happening was they came back to look at her. She did not have a single pox on her body. Her body was completely free. The fever broke. She got up out of the bed, and she lived a, a, a really long life after this. Now, Dr. Yeoman talks about this individual um, that uh, uh, another situation where smallpox had hit this in- another individual, and they were going to not make it. And the this woman said go down there and talk to Dr. Yeoman and ask." told her husband go have him pray have her come pray for me and Yo, Dr. Yeoman said you know what I just believe that what we need to do is we need to offer up the praise cure said this to her husband so her and her so the Dr. Yeoman and the, this woman's husband they just began to praise God that God was working that he was manifesting that his healing power was flowing and he said, well, they're coming, the doctors are coming, they're gonna quarantine our house. Cause you know, that's what they do. They lock everything down and they're gonna quarantine our house. And um, you know, so uh, they're on their way. I, got, I left before they got there, they're on their way, they could be there right now. She said, well, don't worry about that right now. Let's just praise God. Let's just offer Thanksgiving to him. Let's worship him. They began to praise the Lord and they began to worship God and they felt like something broke, something changed in the atmosphere something changed in their attitude doctor yeoman says you need to go home and see what's going on so the guy goes home when he gets home he meets the other doc, the doctor that had looked at her previously and had called the i guess it was the cdc of the day or whatever it was that was coming to to actually quarantine the property and when they went in the house every she was complete there was nothing there was not one dot on her there was not no fever in fact the guy from the cdc looked at her and said, said looked at the doctor and said you must have been drinking or something and got confused because there is nothing wrong with this woman at all that's the praise cure dr hagen knew had a friend a minister friend actually that uh, was diagnosed back when tuberculosis was really bad. And you know, tuberculosis, I don't know if you know, Earl Roberts had tuberculosis and was miraculously healed from it. And that's where they would have like blood coming out of their lungs and they would have all kinds of, it destroyed lung tissue basically. And uh, it's not as bad today, you know, I, I don't think we hear too many reports about it today, but, but it was really bad years and years ago. And this, this man, he was a businessman. Um, and he was running from God basically, uh, because he didn't want to be a he didn't want to preach, and he just didn't want anything to do with that. He just wanted to work in business. So um, he got diagnosed with tuberculosis, and he started having the blood and all the stuff. You know, they'd cough, and blood would come out, and um, they, uh, they he was laying in his bed, and uh, he knew he was coming close to the end. He was so weak, and he prayed and he said God you see that bush over there he said in that field he said God if you could you help me to get over to that bush I don't want to lay in this bed the rest of my days that I've got left or hours and if you could help me I know I'm, I'm so weak God but if you could help me give me the strength to get to that bush I'll praise you and that's all I'll do until my life is my life either you heal me or I'm I'm gone. And so miraculously he got out of that bed and he got over to that bush and crawled under it and he laid there under that bush, under that tree shrub and and while he was laying there his, he was so weak that he said that all I could do was praise God in a whisper and he just said I just began to make melody to the Lord and I began to, to praise him. He says well after doing that for a while he said I mean I, he said strength started coming. He said in and after about an hour, he says, I was able to, a little bit louder, and I was able to praise God just a little bit better. And, and he said, then after that, another hour passed, and he said, and I'd praise God, and, and then another hour passed. And he said, my voice kept getting stronger, my lungs kept getting stronger. He said, and I know that there was no way, because the doctors had basically said, son, you're going to die, this is the end. And he said, I laid under that bush, and I just praised God and gave thanks to him and sang to him. And he says, I laid there for hours and hours and hours and hours. And he said, I got up, I got up from underneath that bush and he said, I was completely well. He said, no blood, no foam. He said, I could breathe, I could run, I could do everything. I told God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm done running from you. I'll do ministry, whatever you want me to do but he was completely healed. And it was because of the praise, (coughs) excuse me, the praise cure. Now, interesting story with this. So the doctors want to look at him after all this is done, okay, and here's what they find out. He's got a hole in his lung, but yet, even though there's a hole in his lung, he doesn't bleed anymore, he doesn't, the tuberculosis has no power over him. He actually had this hole in his lung until he died, he could still preach he could still do all the things he needed to do that is a supernatural miracle the praise cure what it did for him was is that it changed the atmosphere that is was around him see i believe that the spiritual music the music that when we are worshiping and we are praising god that it brings forth that it brings forth that harvest and so we talked about that psalm 67 where it brings forth the increase, but I also believe one of the things that it does is for us is it makes us more aware of the anointing that is present, okay? More aware of the anointing that is present. It's interesting, 2 Kings 3, 14 through 15, Jehoshaphat is running around with Ahab, okay? And uh, he had married, uh, you know, as I would read this, I would be like, why did Jehoshaphat even do anything with, with Ahab. Well, he had married one of his daughters and they called, they needed a miracle. And so they called for Elisha and said, well, come on in here. We want you to do something. We want you to come and, and give us a word about what we need to do. And Elisha just said, look, I, I, I'm only here because Jehoshaphat's here. I wouldn't do anything, Ahab, I would have nothing to do with you. He said, basically, he said, I wouldn't even look at you, I wouldn't even see you. And then he made this statement, and I think this is really interesting. He said in verse 14, he said, bring me a musician, bring me a musician. And it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him, that the hand of the Lord came upon him, that Elisha knew that as the atmosphere would change with the kind of music and what was happening in that room. That things not that God changed. You know, I don't think like you I I know we, we sing the song God Inhabit, we've talked about how God inhabits the praises of his people. But I but I think that the problem is not God. I think the problem is that you and I get so caught up in the natural world that we deal with that we are we're missing out. Maybe the emotion of what we've gone through or the, the mindfulness of the problems that we're dealing with. You know, what, did the, what, did the, what does the Bible tells, uh, tell us chokes the word in our life? What does the Bible say? The, the, what about the world? Cares, world? cares of this world. That's right, Adam. All right, what else is choking the word? Deceitfulness of riches, right? And what's the last one? Lust for other things. Now, I want you know, in that context, I want you to think about this. He doesn't say it stops the word. he says it chokes the word. This is what Jesus said. It chokes the word so it can't reach its full potential in your life. So the cares of the world, the worries of the world that's what the word care, the anxieties of the world, all they're going to do is they're going to stop the word in our lives from reaching its full potential that God has already ordained. The deceitfulness of riches, riches are not a bad thing, but when they're deceiving us, what they're doing is they're taking us further from God, not closer to God. And so what ends up happening is is that it will choke, it will choke out in our lives the potential that that word has for our lives. The same is with the lust for other things. God wants us to have, you know, look, he doesn't care about us enjoying life. In fact, that's why, you know, that's why he created all this stuff, was so we could enjoy it. I mean, come on. He gave us beautiful lakes, and I mean, fishing is okay. Hunting is good. It's not a bad thing. All, right, all these things are good things. Boating is awesome. Vacation is awesome. Rest is great. God tells us to rest, for Pete's sake. I mean, all those things are important, but here's, here's the thing when they begin to choke out the full potential of the word in our life by becoming a distraction to us, then now they're, now they're problematic. They're not a benefit. The good things are now problematic. Riches God wants us. Look, he, the Bible says that God blesses us and that he prospers us and the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and He doesn't add any sorrow to it. He's not upset about you having wealth in your life. He's not. Okay. So wealth is not an evil thing. What people do with wealth is evil. Right? Wealth in itself is just—it's just a thing. Okay. It's how we use it, how we adjust it, what we're—you know—what we're what we're doing with it, how we—if we're abusing it or we're taking care of it. So. My point with this is is that what the enemy wants to do is to choke the word. When we praise God, what happens is is, is it takes our attention away from all the other stuff that's going on. And it puts our attention on him. Now today, it's much more difficult. And I get into this a little bit on Sunday, I think. (coughs) But today, it's a little more difficult because we're extremely distracted. So we're at higher levels of distraction than ever. Most people cannot put their phone away during a church service. They can't put it away. They can't leave it in the car. I mean, they're not going to get anything important to happen, but, but they think it might, you know, the president might call me, okay, or, you know, somebody might really need me, or whatever. So, we're in this constant state of distraction. Now, I don't know if any of you have seen the new, um, uh, Apple just put out a new update. We use all Apple products, and Apple put out a new update, and in that new update, they've created this thing called Focus in it. And what they're doing is they're trying to help you, help those who use Apple products, and maybe Android has it too, but that there are times during your day where you won't be distracted by all of the other stuff, all the incoming stuff. You know, like when you want to pray, should you really have text messages coming into you? Okay, probably not, okay? When, when, you're wanting to, when you're wanting to read your Bible, should you have headline news flashing across the top of your, you know, d- device? I, I am totally, absolutely, 100% uh, think it's awesome that we can use electronic device. One, this is a lot easier for me to read than a Bible, and I'll tell you why, because it's got a lit background, and it, it helps. It definitely helps with reading for me, okay? I like it because I can control you know, if I carried the Bible that I really, you know, like, I can control the font, so I can make it bigger instead of having to carry this giant Bible under my arm that's got bigger print, right, or wear glasses all the time to read, so I can control, I can put, I have whole libraries on here that I use in my study time, but you and I both know that while we're trying to do that with this really incredible thing that we have, we have a plethora of things that are trying to intervene into our time with god when we worship the lord when we are praising him it takes effort it really does it takes effort to worship it takes effort to for the praise here it takes effort because you and i were going to praise him we're going to put our total attention upon him we're going to praise him for who he is and what he's done and what he said he would do and and what he's going to accomplish in our life and what that does is, and why I was making all of this point, is I think what happened was for Elisha, he was so distracted and so angry about that Jehoshaphat was with Ahab. He had to get his own mindset. And see, music can do that for us. It can get us in that right place. It get, God's presence is always here. I know we say God's presence just came in the room. And, and, I, and I get understand the, <coughs> the idea behind that. But the truth is, Look, God's presence is in you, God's presence is on you, God's presence is with you, and God's presence is here because we're gathered here in his name. Okay? So you say, well, there's more of God's presence. No, no, no. God is who God is, okay? So, you, you know, you don't have a 10% God part of the time and a 50% God another part of the time and then 100%, you know, when you really focused. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So when we talk about his ability and we talk about his power, the real dilemma is what you and I are able to focus into on who God is. You know, when you're sick, you're in pain, you're suffering, you're going through difficulty. It's difficult because pain talks, right? Doesn't pain talk? When you have a fever, does it talk to you? Oh, yeah, right? You know, it does stuff to your body. It makes you feel lousy. It, it It makes you achy. It makes you tired, all those different, when you have a cold or when you're dealing with, you know, maybe you're dealing with a coronavirus or whatever else. Those things all carry with them things that are talking to you. When we praise him, even though our faith could be that we're saying, well, no, I'm believing God for a miracle physically. Praise what it does is that it puts us, our mindset, the effort into focusing away from the pain, the difficulty, and putting our focus into the things That God has said praising him for who he is praising him for what he has and praising him for what he has done psalm 8 is really powerful and uh, we'll wrap up with this psalm chapter 8 and verse 1 now this is out of the passion translation but it says this lord your name is so great and powerful people everywhere see your splendor your glorious majesty streams from the heavens filling the earth with the fame of your name Psalm 8-2 says this, You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. You have anything opposing you right now? I don't. You don't need to raise your hand or yell it out. But what's opposing you? Well, I'll tell you one thing that definitely opposes you when things aren't going well is your doubt. Is a problem. That's that's definitely problematic. Your doubts. The, just what looks like it's not working out. What looks like it. Those are all those things that cause us to get discouraged, to get depressed, that cause us to to doubt, to wonder, and What we have to do is we have to realize that the only way we're going to break through that isn't by just going, I'm just determined not to do it. We praise our way through it. We praise our way through it. We put our focus and our attention on the things of the Lord and we praise him that he is who he said he is and he will do what he said he would do. I want you all to, you can put your stuff down, you can stand up. So, is there anything opposing you, anything that you're facing right now in your life that is wearing you thin? See, one of the things I think that, that you and I don't recognize is, and it catches up with us eventually. You know, we could be strong for so long, but it's like in our lives we have these, this emotional bucket. And when we're trying to be strong, we're pushing stuff that doesn't agree with what we're being strong over into the bucket. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's just those little inner doubts that we have. It's those worries, concerns. You know, we're just, we're putting them in that bucket. And eventually those things, the bucket gets full in our lives. And praise is really the, remember, that praise reaches not just into the mind, but into the emotion of our lives. It is an alleviator of the bucket. It's a clear out of the bucket. It helps. And uh, I found on many occasions when I was really struggling that when I began to have praise, maybe put on praise music or uh, came to church and, uh, you know, and, and our worship team, you know, they're, they're, whatever they're ministering, how that God just, that, that, that presence of the Lord and worshiping him cleans the bucket out, dumps the bucket, the emotional bucket. Because, see, that's just stuff that, you know, I'm determined to stand in faith. But I am, that stuff is going somewhere. It's going somewhere in my life, okay? I may be denying it, not letting it have access to my life, but somewhere it's setting there, always looking for opportunity. And praise is the way to break it. Praise is the way to dump it. Many years ago, Sharon and I, we were coming home from Mexico, and on our way uh, home, um, after doing our mission work there, we, were, we had a little Mustang two. It was orange and white. And, uh, man, we drove that thing, I mean, we drove it all over the country. I mean, just going for God and doing all this, just believe it God for miracles. But we were pulling through this one town and the, car, the vehicle started acting up. And I was like, man, I don't know what's going on. And we didn't have any, you know, this is back in the, I mean, we had no money. I mean, no money. I don't know if any of you have ever been there, but no money. I mean, we're, we're married, we're in love, we got kids, but we got no money. So I mean, just, we like, we like didn't think about going, like, okay, we're going to travel and we're going to stop at McDonald's here. No, what we thought about was we have a loaf of bread with, um, potted meat that we're going to eat here in the car on our way to where we're going. And that's how we, that's how we traveled. We just didn't have any. So uh, a repair bill was out of the question. So we're in this situation. Greg's in the back seat. The vehicle's acting real funky. It's shaking and doing some <clears throat> weird stuff. And I said, Sharon, I don't know what's going on. Something's, maybe it's got a plug that's bad or something's wrong. I said, but we don't, we don't really have the money to stop anywhere, so let's just believe God right now that we, will, uh, that we will just believe God and pray and lay hands on our car, and we'll believe that whatever's going on, that it will stop. And so we got in, the, we did, we laid hands on the car. We were at a rest area, we laid hands on the car, and uh, we got back in, and we started to go, and it sputtered a couple of times, and then it quit. It just stopped doing it, and we got home, and it was really awesome. Well, my father-in-law said, you know, he really, we were telling him how we were having these problems. And, you know, back in those days, we didn't even think about stopping at a hotel. Everything was a 24-hour trip, so we just drove. I mean, we'd, you know, if it was with kids, we'd leave in the middle of the night so that we could drive all night. And so, anyway, so we had driven. We came back. We would driven, uh, I think, back then it was like 28 hours from Roma, Texas, to. Marietta Ohio so we get back in town her dad says you really ought to get that looked at so he said go down and see this guy Jerry Schaefer he'll take a look at it and uh, they'll tell you what's going on and we'll work out a deal to get it fixed I said okay so we'll do that so I go down to the gas station the next day after we got rested up pull in the gas station and I say you know this is what was happening and we were you know we just we just uh, we don't know what the deal was and if you could help us well guy opens up the hood. I'm sitting in the waiting room and he comes in and he says, man, he says, how did you drive this vehicle? And I says, well, what do you mean? He says, well, I don't know how you could drive. He said, well, we just laid hands on it. I mean, I told him because I didn't know if he was a believer or not, but I said, you know, we're believers. We just laid hands on the vehicle. We prayed and then we praised God all the way home. We just kept giving God praise that it was going to work and get us home and it was all going to do what it's supposed to do. And uh, he said, well, you must have real you must have a real powerful relationship with God because he said dis- the, the rotor cup, the rotor inside, and they don't make them like this anymore, I don't think, but he said the rotor inside the distributor cap is completely busted off. And he, he says, I don't know how in the world you could even make this thing start up. I says, well, you know, we believe in miracles. <laughs> he says, well, obviously you do. He says, because this is a, miracle that this vehicle could he says there's just no way that it could because the way that if you know the older vehicles that thing would rotate around and it would fire the plugs as it was going around anyways no, rotor, no, spark. no spark exactly no runny <laughs> but we drove I think pretty close to 800 miles with it like that because listen because the praise cure works whatever you're dealing with right now, and you you know, you, look, I, I'm not going to stand here and tell you I never get discouraged, because man, I do get discouraged sometimes. But I know this, the praise cure always turns things around. The miracle's on its way. Can we make it till it gets here? Because it's on the way. And strength will come as we <laughs> praise him. He has ordained strength, as according to that passage. He has ordained strength through the praise of his of his children, as you praise him, strength will come to you. I want you to close your eyes for a moment, if you would. And if you would this evening, if you'd lift your hands and just say to just between you and the Lord, and I'd say it out loud, but just begin to praise God in the midst of your circumstance. You know, if it's something you're standing in faith for—for for a, a vehicle or a cell of a house or a—you um, know, or or a child to man to turn back to God um, or to turn to God. um, If it's for a miracle healing, for a lump to disappear out of your body or a knee to start working right or uh, whatever that is, for a headache to be gone. Father God, we lift our hands to you tonight, Lord God, and we praise you. Lord, you are a good God and you're mighty to save and mighty to deliver. Lord, we stand before you this evening. Lord, realizing the awesomeness of who you are and God, how you are infinite. Lord, you're beyond our our mental uh, ability to understand. And God, that we are finite, that we have a beginning and we have an end. And Lord God, that in in the midst of all of that, Lord God, you're still infinite. And you invite us, Lord, from our finite lives into your infinite life, Lord. Father, that as we live our lives, as we go through trial and difficulty, Lord God, Father, that, Lord, we would find that place, that, that avenue to give thanks with a grateful heart. Lord, that we would enter into your gates with that thanksgiving and your courts with that praise, not because you need it. You know who you are. Uh, 100% of the time, you know exactly who you are, what you have. You don't need anybody to tell you who you are, how awesome you are, how great you are, how infinite you are. But God, we need to know. We need to remind ourselves that, God, you can save by many and you can save by few. Lord, we praise you tonight. That, Lord, that you are working on our behalf even when we don't see you working. Lord as we sing so often here we are praising you before the breakthrough because we know Lord God that as we praise you Lord that it's helping us to stay strong to get where we need to go in this miracle process Father God. And I pray Father God for every person here tonight Lord that the word is not choked in their lives. That that word is reaching its full potential in their lives for what they are standing in faith for. And it is not choked out by the care, anxiety, and worries of this world. And that it is not choked out by the deceitfulness of riches or the lust for other things. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And all those agreed said, Amen. Amen.